Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Angular Air. I am your host, Justin Schwarzenberger, and today we are going to cover uh, Jest testing and NGRX stuff. Should be pretty cool. Looking forward to it. Uh, let's meet our panelists. Say hi. First of all, we got Alyssa Nichol with us. Alyssa, what's going on? Hey, everybody. Hey, how did you uh, enjoy Google I.O.? It was fantastic. It was my first I.O. and it was awesome. I got to see a ton of people that I already knew, meet a bunch of new ones, and um, the sessions, of course, were all killer. So it was fun. Very cool. Very cool. All right, we got Austin McDaniel with us. Austin, what's going on? How's it going, everyone? I'm feeling awful jesty about this Jess session today. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about this Jess stuff, too. So it should be cool. Bonnie, what's going on? Hello. <laughs> I know I'm not excited about this uh, guest or this session. I'm just gonna, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, hi, Bonnie. Because I always ruin the introductions. So Justin's like, let me introduce the guest for once. And I'm like, okay, so I'm just gonna, it's just, I'm just gonna say hello. Just say hi. All right. Hi. Victor Mejia, how's it going? What is up, guys? I'm doing good. It was my birthday the weekend, so I took yesterday off. Went went to uh, Disneyland, so I had a, had an awesome time. Nice, nice. All right, yeah. you know you know we're gonna have to sing happy birthday to you here in a moment. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, cool. And our guest today, we've got Jesse Sanders with us. Jesse, how's it going? Hi, I'm doing great. Hey, thanks everybody. Glad to be here. So, uh, hey, happy birthday, Victor. Um, Related. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's sing. One, two, three. Aww. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday to you. No, you're not. Happy birthday to you, Happy birthday to you. That right. was awesome. Thank, thank you, guys. That was awesome. <laughs> birthday all right i expect singing for my birthday later this later this month so for sure, for sure. we'll see all right jesse why don't you tell our viewers a little bit about yourself what you got going on before we get into sure the well hey my birthday's later this month so may 27th coming up soon uh oh, super excited about that when's yours by the way justin mine is may 23rd nice so nice awesome. maybe just at the end of the episode we'll sing happy birthday mm -hmm. to everybody else who's yeah, it, it sounds great sounds great awesome um, yeah, so a little bit about myself. I'm the, the uh, CEO of a company called Brebug. We're located here in Denver, Colorado. Um, we are an Angular shop, and we're excited to be working with uh, really great clients on a lot of great projects. So a lot of what we focus on is large enterprise uh, systems, uh, a lot of NGRX type of work, and uh, a lot of architecture reviews and showing people how to, um, you know, build uh, enterprise applications with uh, best practices. So. Um, yeah, that's a little bit about about me. And uh, today we're going to talk about just testing. So I'm really excited today to talk about this. It's something I'm very passionate about. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping by the end of today that uh, people will take a look at Jest and, and see if this might be something that they'd want to start integrating into their applications. So um, yeah, the other thing I just a little side note, the other thing I've been doing is traveling a lot lately. So I just got back from from Portland and then prior to that uh, I was at NGConf and speaking. And so uh, actually next week I'm going to be in Austin, Texas, and then on to New York City to speak. So I'm uh, excited about those as well and be talking about NGRX at those locations. So that's that where I live. 
we should hang out. Let's do it. Absolutely. I'm actually going to be there uh, an extra day and then fly directly from Austin to uh, New York. So I would love to. That'd be great. I'll get your, I'll have your people call my people after this. Perfect. Perfect. That'll be fantastic. Awesome. That, that's what we do on this show. We connect people. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Um, do you want to go ahead and, and flip over to the uh, screen share and then I'll, I'll share some slides here and, and we'll start to dig in a little bit? For sure. For sure. Awesome. Sounds great. All right. Looks like I'm screen sharing. Can you guys see that? We cannot. Hmm. Still see you. You still see me. Which is fine. Well, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, all right. It's just going to be tricky when you say, see, they're on line 15 and you're going to have to like draw it for us. Or the oh, I just need to change what I'm presenting, right? No? Yeah, I think so. Did you use the green icon in the left? Oh, here we go. Screen share. Um, your entire screen share. Aha. There it is. There we go. I love testing. All right. So I always like to start this talk out with, um, you know, the idea of testing. Like I, I talk to a lot of people about testing, and they love it. Like, we love this idea of, of hey, we're going to have all these automated tests. And they're going to make our, our lives easier. But the, the reality is that it doesn't always really go that way. And it's more like I love the idea of testing. And especially I think I like the idea of you testing your code versus me testing my code. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we always start off projects with like, okay, these grand aspirations. We're going to hit 100% of our, our code coverage. And, and then before we know it, you know, we're, we're nowhere near that. And it keeps slipping and, and – um, it just really just becomes a testing is difficult. It's, it's a pain, you know, um, it's almost like a whole nother job, just um, maintaining mocks and all of our test data so we can set up these scenarios to, to be able to, to test stuff. And, um, and then the refactor comes along, you know, where, you know, we've got to refactor a bunch of modules and then things really fall apart, you know, for testing in a lot of cases. And, and what happens is, is that usually the codes due by Friday and, and it's, it's Friday afternoon and, and we're getting ready to ship it. And I've, you know, the last thing I do, of course, is I'm going to run ng lint, right? I'm going to lint everything and then I'm going to run ng test. And usually, you know, that's where all my failures come in and, and I've got all these tests that are, that are uh, failing. And so often what happens is I just end up commenting those out. You know, select them all, comment them, or or put you know uh, an X in front of the X describe or X uh, exit you know on on those and and uh, just disable them so that they no longer run. And so that that I, I think that you know that's a a really difficult thing for us to work with. Um, uh, hard thing to manage is is keeping up with our tests and and uh, keeping those up to date. So with that. Um, there was a, a new testing framework that was introduced recently um, called Jest. It's actually released by the Facebook team uh, a while ago. The original version wasn't really well received. It was really more of an internal uh, tool that they were using, and they released it out to the rest of the world, but it, it really didn't catch on very well. Um, they re-released it recently, though, and seeing a lot more traction with it. It's a lot more usable. Um, so they did make changes in the re-release. It wasn't just like a marketing thing where they're like, hey, here's this new thing. <laughs> um, I, had, I never saw the old version, so I don't know what to compare against. Okay. I've heard some horror stories uh, that it just really wasn't um, ready for prime time. 
in the in the current state that it was in. So I think they did uh, maybe a, a combination of both, but uh, I'm, I'm honestly I'm, I'm guessing there a little bit. Okay. So, but on, the, that, on that last slide, you talked about uh, you know how do you maintain tests and things like that. What are some of the ways that like you manage maintaining them and keeping them up to date? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. The He's going to get to that, Austin. He hasn't got to that part yet. <laughs> so then the, in the current way, without using Jest, then, you know, it's up to me to have to go through and update. You know, so let's say, like, um, we go ahead and we change our model slightly. We add a couple of fields. Management says we need to have, you know, we need to now track, track these new properties. Well, the problem is now I've got uh, mocks that use uh, those properties that no longer, you know, match the exact, um, you know, what the component is expecting. So I'm having to go back and update all of those with the new properties, um, update the, the, I might have to update the, the mocks as well. Um, it just ends up being a lot of work is the, uh, the, the main thing. So in, in the past, we just, you just had to trudge through it. It's just a lot of work to do. Um, and, and so what it did, it slowed down our ability to refactor code quickly and be able to then uh, get on to the next task. Um, that that um, updating those tests and maintaining those tests uh, took a lot longer than what we anticipated. So the, does that answer your question, Austin? You yeah, yeah. Perfect. Um, I can't see your guys' faces because since I'm in full screen mode with this uh, here. So um, on uh, why would you would use Jest, the, uh, there's five items here that, that are uh, listed. The, the big one here is super fast. It uses a, a thing called JS DOM to render in, so it's not actually using a browser. So instead of having to ramp up and use a browser and bring that in, um, it uses JS DOM, which is really, really fast for being able to render. Um, the other really nice thing here is snapshot testing. So a lot of the setup data that I was having to set up before can go away. Um, I don't I don't have to maintain a lot of this. As it changes for the component, um, I can take snapshots of, of uh, what the data look like or what the UI renders as. And and when those change, then um, the uh, I can I can update the snapshot and <clears throat> and uh, not have to uh, you know maintain all that. Another really nice thing about Jest is that everything's sandboxed. So it's built so that each test runs basically within its own silo, that it can't affect any other uh, of the other tests. And so that's really nice about it. The error reporting, we're gonna look at it in a little bit here, is outstanding. So um, instead of having to dig through tons and tons of, of stack traces, trying to figure out uh, you know, where the error occurred at, it, it actually lays it out really, really nice. And then the zero config, to be able to run Jest on, um, on a, a, just a regular old project is really, really easy. And I'll show you here to, in a minute how we set it up for Angular. There's a couple libraries that make this just um, just silly easy on, on uh, getting up and running very quickly. On the, on the, um, on the super fast, you, know, uh, you mentioned that uh, it doesn't have to open a browser or things like that. You know, in current Angular setups, like you can turn off uh, you know, and make the browser headless. How does that compare with JS DOM? Um, I haven't done any speed comparisons directly on it, but the in addition with the super fast part, there's a couple other considerations that are occurring. One, it has a, a, a watch function that 
it, what it does is it actually runs all of your your failed tests first, so that actually gets you through to you know um, to your failed tests quicker, and, and so you can work through the the problem areas. Um, and you also can do some some really nice um, regex type of expressions to be able to filter for either uh, test names or file names uh, that helps uh, increase your speed on how, on how quickly you can get through the tests. But even with the headless browsers, I believe what you're going to find is that JSDOM is, is still just a little bit faster uh, than those. Because um, I think most of us, uh, I mean, I, I tend to go with the headless uh, as much as possible. And those are pretty quick. Um, but without the watch features that, that just has, you know, I'm still, I'm still waiting, you know, for 200 tests to run before I get to that, that one failed test. Or I have to start using stuff like... Uh, you know, putting F in front of describe, F describe or F it, um, so that um, only those tests run, right? So that the, that gets to it quicker. But the problem with that is I usually check those in and, and make that mistake of, oh, crud, you know, these are, um, we only have five tests running now in production, you know, for uh, during our, our build process. So this helps kind of take that away as well. I know I'm kind of bouncing around lots of little ideas there. Yeah, I've got a, TS Lint configuration that prevents you from checking in F uh, test in, into the app, actually. Nice. You should send me that. I need that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's super cool. Yeah. Why? Uh, so, while we're talking about why use Jest, why would I be interested in using Jest over you know, what Angular comes out of the box with? Sure. I think the biggest reason is the snapshot testing. So, the snapshot testing changes how you do tests. Um, it's actually. From a test writing perspective, Jest is based on Jasmine. So it's going to look exactly like the test that you've been already writing. Um, there's a couple different things, a couple things that are a little bit different. But for the most part, um, Jest is a, um, uses Jasmine as the basis and then adds on um, a few additional features. And the, really the big one to me is the snapshot testing, is why you'd want to go ahead and move over. Um, I think the also the watch part of it um, is a, is another really big you know why you'd want to go ahead and do that. So the investment here, you know, the the thing I looked at it was like, oh great, now I have to learn a whole new uh, assertion library. How do I do all this stuff? And actually, that doesn't need to happen. Um, I can actually take most tests that are written using uh, Jasmine and be able to convert them over to. Um, to just very, very quickly with almost no changes. Probably the, the, the number one thing that I have to change is if I use any sort of spies. If, I, if I'm using Jasmine spies um, or one of the uh, library like that, then I need to switch those over. Those, those don't work with, uh, with Jest. Yeah, I, I, you know, Jest is a test runner. It's not like an actual test framework, I would say. Is that? Is that kind of a right assumption there? Well, it's a test runner, and it 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 has um, it does have its own assertion library. So when you let's say if you take a CLI project, one of the first things you're going to need to do is remove all um, basically blow away your node modules, and then go ahead and delete anything that's Jasmine related and uh, from from your uh, package, and then reinstall. Um, anything that's Jasmine related is going to interfere. So often what happens here is when people go ahead and, and add just to their, their CLI project and they go to, to compare against Snapshot, it doesn't know what it is. It, it won't fail. It'll still run it, but the Jasmine uh, type libraries are interfering because they're really, they're a direct match.
So does cool. that thank you. Do we, do we get that answered? Are we good? Yeah, thank you. All right, sounds good. Um, all right, so installation, you know, to be able to bring this in, I kind of hinted there, you know, one of the first things we need to do on a CLI project um, is we want to go ahead and remove anything that's that's Jasmine related. So I just go ahead and blow away my node modules, go into the package JSON and remove anything that says Jasmine, and then go ahead and reinstall. And then the other thing, the installation here is pretty simple. Um, if I do the NPM install for just preset Angular, this is the preferred way of doing the installation for a CLI project, um, for an Angular project in particular. And so what this does is it's going to bring in a bunch of presets to make the configuration of this very, very simple. Um, it's also, by doing this install, it's going to uh, pull in the type libraries. It's going to pull in just itself. Um, there's several things that, that actually get pulled in. Um, so the installation is pretty simple. And then from there, the configuration, we're really we're going to create two files. One is the just config JS. And what this does is telling that we're going to get all of our presets from uh, our just preset Angular library. And, and then we're going to the other one to note here is the setup test framework script file. This is the uh, setup uh, points to uh, another file we're going to create called setup jsts And what that's going to do, it's actually in the next slide here, um, it is going to add a missing property called uh, transform. So JS DOM does not have this property uh, in it. And so we need to go ahead and, and uh, add it. And uh, once that's there, then um, uh, just works correctly. So that's really, that's all the setup that we need. Seems like they should just add this out of the box with Jest. It does. Um, you know, I would expect, you well, one, you know, Jest is not just for Angular. Um, and so I'm not sure if they're going to add it at, at, at any given point. But it does seem like this, yeah, the JS DOM should already have the transform on it. I'm really not sure why it doesn't. And, um, but yeah, it seems like something that, that should be coming at some point here. There was uh, one property, the, the transform ignore patterns, back back on the uh, uh, config. Can you go back to that? Sure. Um, and uh, yeah, the last one. And then uh, can, you, can you explain a little bit what, what, what that does? Um, you know what? Honestly, I don't know what that one does. It, uh, this, was a, this is a standard from the Jest uh, preset Angular to, to go ahead and bring in. Um, it's... Yeah, I'm not quite sure what that's there for. Okay, that's that's fine. Yeah, it was just uh, one of the the recommended uh, pieces to have. So, all right, we so, should have that rule like we do at NG Houston. If you ask a question and we don't know the answer, you have to do the talk next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a horrible mean rule. I love it. We don't really enforce it, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's good because we all learn together. So we, we have we've already got next week scheduled. So <laughs> I will. When we get done with this call, I'm actually going to go research that and figure out what that is. That's a great question. So um, I know it's come back to to bite me where I had uh, an incorrect value in there, and it was it was causing a problem with some of the testing with the tests to run. So I'm not 100 uh, percent sure what it's there for, but I'll I'll definitely get back and and uh, we'll, we'll post some notes on it. So. So for running tests, it's always pressure when you're the speaker. Yeah, right. I always say, "Come on, guys! I just learned this last week. What do you want from me?" 
Oh, so to run tests, it's just as simple as just running Jest. I can go ahead and add that to my scripts and my package JSON, um, or I can just uh, run it directly, you know, from the command line as just Jest. Um, either way works really nice. Um, so one of the things that we want to talk about was the the test output, and so this is one of the five things that I said was one of the reasons you might want to uh, switch over to Jest. So here's a, an example of a failed test. So in our case here. Um, we're running a test that adds one plus one and it should equal three and it's showing that our expectation uh, of our receive to be our expected that that failed and so our expected value is to be four we receive three it shows me the you know the test itself so as compared to what you would see in a, um, a karma test is basically you're you're just getting a, a stack trace and then you're having to dig through those and Usually what happens for me is that where I'm, I'm, I'm writing a bunch of tests and they start failing, you know, I make some changes, refactor something, I start failing, and then having to scroll and scroll and scroll all the way back up to the top to, to start, you know, debugging and figuring out, you know, okay, what line is it and trying to, you know, understand what went wrong. Uh, to me, this output is so much better, so much cleaner. I can quickly figure out what's wrong. Um, and I believe it has... Um, Yeah, it's giving me the, you know, at this source, in this spec, at this line number, um, and, and giving me some of the information there. So this is a, a much cleaner way for me to find my errors. I'm not going to have to spend as much time digging around and trying to, to, to be a, a detective, you know, through stack traces and, and figure out what went wrong. So to me, this is a, a really nice feature. Um, the other nice thing about Jest is that it comes with uh, code coverage. Uh, by default. I don't have to actually configure anything. Um, I can go ahead and just do just dash dash coverage and that will go ahead and um, run run my test with coverage. This next slide here actually shows here's here's the type of uh, output that, that I get uh, based off statements, branch, functions, lines, and, and I can get a an idea of what my code coverage looks like. And it'll also show me on the uncovered, it'll tell me line numbers that are uh, uncovered. Uh, so I can go in and, and, and get those. I believe these can also be routed to an Istanbul uh, type of um, output so that uh, we, can, we can see those later using our uh, CI tools. Very cool. So <clears throat> what's cool here is, um, some of the other CLI options, and I, I mentioned this earlier about, we want to filter te um, test files to match some. So now I can say, you know, just some uh, dash dash coverage. So I just want to figure out what's going on with any files that match the name sum um, and do code coverage on those. I can also do it by, and I learned this recently, I can escape out of the NPM part by just doing dash dash. And and um, in this case, it would be the, the same exact as the, the one above because the way we, in a couple slides prior, we had changed uh, test to run uh, with coverage on it. But I can go ahead and escape out of it so I can do, um, you know, the, uh, the filter there. I can also, the, the other example down here, I can put it into watch mode. So that's, watch mode's one of the other really big features here that helps me do things faster and helps me focus on the things that I want to work with instead of having to run all the tests all at once. So when we go into watch mode, this is the, uh, 
the, the menu that comes up. So it allows me to do a uh, filter by file name. I can filter by the test name. Um, I can run only failed tests. So in a refactor where I've got, you know, I might have thousands of tests and I've got 200 of them that are failing, it's really nice to say, hey, look, I don't care about the other, you know, uh, 1,800 tests that are, all, that are all passing. Stop running those. Let's just focus on the ones that are my problem. Um, and then also, if I'm doing snapshot testing and I have snapshots that are failing, I'll have an option there to, uh, to update snapshots. So the watch mode is a, a really nice feature. It makes it really easy to focus on just the tests that I want to work with. I don't have to, you know, use uh, uh, X or F to, you know, exclude or, or focus just on a, on a particular set of tests. Yeah, this filter is really compelling, right? Uh, to be able to just run that sp specific test. Do, do we know if, uh, I mean, does Jasmine have anything like that that you do? I've never seen anything. Well, J uh, Jasmine, in, in the case, is more of just the assertion library, right? Where Karma is the, the runner. And I haven't seen any Karma have any sort of thing like this that allows us to do filtering like this or uh, have a, a nice watch mode like this. Yeah, that definitely seems real easy to sit there and just run, you know, update your command line run and, and test a specific one. That's yeah, cool. absolutely. It makes it really, really nice. I When I'm writing tests with, with Jest, I stay in watch mode almost exclusively so that I can just get down to the things that I want to focus on, you know, um, either by filtering or, you know, for by file name or by tests or say, hey, look, I just want to focus on on these failed tests that I'm having issues with. And and it's, you know, every time I make a change, it's just picking up those changes, rerunning tests. So it's it's uh, very compelling to use. So the, the next thing here is um, with Jasmine and with Jess, we have globals. And so the globals here are going to look almost exactly like what you've already been working with, you know, where we have our before each, before all, we've got describes, we've got test. Really the only two that are different here is uh, on this require. So this allows us to pull in modules. Um, and if I want to require a mock for this module name, um, yeah, we can use those. There's uh, some great documentation. I have not used those, uh, those two per se. Um, but most of the tests I, I'm, I'm writing are using either the, the describe the test and, and usually like a uh, before each to do any sort of setup that I need to do. But the, the point here is that these, uh, these should look very familiar. This should be something that you've already, you know, you're not going to have to like learn a whole bunch of new stuff. This is stuff that you've already been working with and you already know how to, uh, you know, uh, use this stuff. So to me, that's a, another really great feature of Jest is, is that it reuses uh, something that we're all very familiar with. So the next part of this is just talking to you a little bit about how we'd use Jest to be able to do um, some NGRX testing. So where I actually learned about um, the uh, the Jest library is one day I came along as I was looking at the NGRX platform example app and all of a sudden uh, there was a check-in and there's this uh, double underscore snapshots folder and, and and I didn't really understand what that was. And so I started digging around and figuring out and, and doing some research and realizing, oh, hey, this is their, uh, the NGRX team is using Jest and uh, I should probably learn a little bit more about this. 
And so I started looking at how do we how do we test different things, you know, different uh, aspects of NGRX, and and make things really um, uh, easy for us. So the first example here, we've just got a really simple action, you know, for uh, uh, selecting a uh, customer. You know, we've got our con uh, constructor with a payload, so pretty simple action. Here's how we might test this. So again, this should look really familiar. I've got my describe, I've got my test, um, I've got my customer. So I'm, I'm just casting this, this uh, object literal as a customer, and then I'm creating a new action uh, select with that customer. Um, from there, I'm just expecting the action type to be set. I'm expecting the action payload uh, to be set. So pr pretty easy there. But this is actually not the powerful part of, of Jest. This is doing things how I've always done it um, without any sort of snapshot. So the, the next thing we want to talk about is a snapshot testing. And what that does is it automatically when I say I want to compare it to the snapshot, if a snapshot doesn't exist, it's going to create one for me. So I don't have to, you know, manually create this. I don't, I don't have to really do anything. I just say, yeah, I want to compare it to the snapshot. And then when it creates a snapshot, I want to just take a look at that and go, hey, does that look right? Does that, did I actually produce the result that I was expecting? And so um, it compares the expectation to the stored snapshot. Like I said, it, it, it creates it if it doesn't um, exist, and it performs a diff on the snapshot. So basically what I'm getting is a, a get like diff on the snapshots, and it's gonna show me what's different um, if we have any sort of problems. Um, I can easily update snapshots on refactor. Uh, the, the watch window will, will give me that opportunity. If I just run the test, it'll ask me, you know, we've got failed snapshots, what do you wanna do? Um, and then I can, I can go one by one and look at those and, and uh, figure out if I want to go ahead and update the snapshot um, or if I need to skip it and and uh, fix the tests or, or you know make some adjustment there. So here's the same test again, but this time, and I've kind of simplified a few things. I took the the uh, uh, the uh, customer definition and moved it out just to simplify this. But here I'm creating my new action, selecting that customer object. And then I can expect my action payload to match a snapshot. So the beautiful thing about this is it's now going to go ahead and create, and if we actually pull up a, a code sample over here, um, it's going to go ahead and create a snapshots folder. Let me make this just a little bit bigger. Can you guys see that? Yeah. All right. So here I've got my, um, well actually, let's come over here to my state, and we'll look at a, a customer here. And I've got my actions defined over, well, actually, the, here are my tests. So I'm, I'm comparing to my snapshot. What it's done, it's created a snapshots folder in here. And inside, what it has is my outputs. So here's the snapshots that it's creating. It's using the test name as the description um, here. Uh, that's actually the key, and then here's the the actual value, and in our case here, you know, the customer action should should select uh, uh, should select or the I'm sorry, customer action actions customer select should set the customer payload to the snapshot. So in our case here, here's our output. We have an object ID of one, name of test user. Now, if I add new properties um, to the customer and I rerun this, this snapshot would fail. 
but I'd be able to compare the old one to the new one and go, oh yeah, that, that looks right. We went ahead and added, uh, you know, we changed name to be first name and, and last name. And then it would go ahead and, and we, we'd uh, say, yep, let's use the new snapshot. So I don't actually have to go maintain any of that data. So any questions on that? So the snapshot is like your mock data and mock objects, is that? It's, well, it's not really mock objects, but yeah, it's your mock data. It's your, it's the expected output. So instead of having to sit down and maintain all of that, now what I'm doing is I'm visually looking at it and going, hey, does this make sense? Based off the, the, the code that we have, does this look right? And we go, yeah, that actually is, a, you know, that's what we expected. Um, and, and again, you know, what's nice, what I like about this is I don't have to maintain this. I just have to go in and visually inspect it. Now, the other thing that, that happens here is that snapshots get checked into your, with your source code. So they're going to be part of your pull request. So when things change, um, you know, when we go in and we do a refactor, we make changes uh, to our code, you know, the snapshot's going to be um, going in there as well. And, and we're going to see the changes to that. So the other code, you know, code reviewers are, are going to have an opportunity to take a look at that. Does that make sense? Does this look correct? Um, that way, when we do um, move this code from, you know, our local machine to our dev machine to test stage, whatever, that our snapshots shouldn't be changing. They're going to be, they're, they're going to be carried along, um, you know, because they're part of the source code. And, um, you know, we're not going to have different testing results, if you will. Yeah, th this is one of the one of the things. So here at work, we actually use Jess on a on a couple of projects. But this is one of the things that uh, really really sold us. So for instance, like you no longer, <clears throat> based on a, a given input on a component, you no longer have to query the DOM and make sure that you know a certain uh, span has a correct text. You can just say to match snapshot, and the and it you know the whole component just gets dumped into the the, the file and inspect yeah. it. And that was just awesome to to. Much, much easier to do testing on components, too. Absolutely. You're stealing a little of my thunder here. But yes, that's um, that's one of the ones that, that tests I want to show you as well. Because that's, you know, testing actions is pretty simple. There's really not much to this, right? You know, I just want to basically um, have code coverage on those and make sure that the that the basics are working. Um, we come back over here. Um, you know, the, the, the component testing is, is awesome. And, and I'll show an example of that uh, as well. So here's the snapshot that we just looked at. Um, you know, the, the reducer, I, I really like being able to use this for reducers, uh, using just for reducers, because now um, I can take what my, my state is and, and um, I can run it through lots of different uh, scenarios. So by giving it, you know, we think about a reducer, we have a, an initial state uh, and an action, and we're going to get a... A, a new state from that. And so just is really nice to be able to say, hey, if I have this initial state here and I call this action with this payload, does it put me into the state that I'm expecting? And so the tests for this are, are pretty simple as well. Um, in our case here, we're creating our action, uh, select with a customer, and then I'm, I'm grabbing our result from the reducer, passing it some initial state, and, and this new action, and then I would expect the result to match the snapshot. So again, really nice here. I don't have to tell it what the snapshot looks like. I, I don't have to tell it and maintain you know, um, all that code. I can just say, yep, the snapshot um, is, is correct, and it should continue to match that until you know, such time that it doesn't. We'll determine whether or not it's producing the right output. 
So again, when we're making changes to our, our objects, you know, if I, I think about this when I'm, um, I have a customer object and I've got all these tests for reducer, they're all going to start breaking when I, when we start changing first name, you know, her name to first name and last name, right? And I'm gonna have to now go maintain and change all those outputs. But with this, actually, it's just gonna show me that, hey, these are broke, this is what's different, name's no longer there, and I have two, uh, two new properties, does this look right? Yes, it does, go ahead and update the snapshot. So it, it makes it um, really, really simple. So I have a quick question on that. Sure. Um, so if I'm converting an existing um, suite of tests over to Jest, and they have multiple expects in the test. How is that handled with a snapshot? That's a really good question. So let's um, let's come over here to the code. What it does often, it will like in this case here. I have two two different um, assertions for the customer uh, should set payload to customer one. Or it, it's actually the name of the test should set payload to customer. But since I had two assertions, it creates a one and a two, and that's based on the order of the assertions. So if I added a, another expect, it would add another assertion to those. Now, by default, when you say you already have an existing suite of tests, most likely those are going to be using um, the syntax of expect result to be some value, right? So if you start changing those over to snapshots, then this is how it would handle that. Cool, thank you. Yep, absolutely. So the next one was how do I test effects? Because effects, when I looked at it initially, I was like, oh my goodness, how am I gonna, you know, I've got, I've got this, this uh, function that, that is gonna be watching for an observable to be fired, you know, of this type. And when that happens, I would then want to watch for this customer service getting called and the, the, the load method's going to get called and then that's going to return an observable and, and then we're going to get that mapped into uh, a new um, action that's going to be, you know, it's like mind melting, right? About how do I, how do I actually write a test that's got all of this um, asynchronous operations going on? And with that is uh, how we do that is RxJS marbles. So not a whole lot of details here on marbles, but I'll talk about for a second. Basically what marbles does is allows us a, um, basically a synchronous way to test asynchronous processes. And uh, very reliable, we, we can tell it at what frame. It deals with uh, almost like bowling if we think about it. We have different frames that things can happen in. And um, those frames are designated by either a character position or if nothing happens in that frame, uh, there's a dash. So in our case here, when we write the test for this load, um, we got a, a little bit of setup that we've got to uh, get handled. And, and one is, um, what is our action? Um, we want it to be a, a new load action. And then um, at the end of it, we want to load success with um, an array of customers uh, being uh, handled. Then when our service gets called, we want a response to return um, and the, the, the pipe actually means it's gonna complete it. So we're gonna have a cold observable here and it's gonna return uh, customers. So the A in the, uh, the first part, right, uh, right after the, right before the pipe, then points to the A for customers. That's what's gonna get returned. And then we want to expect at the very end of this that we have another cold observable. So that's going to be our, um, our completion action 
of customers coming back out. And then we want to go ahead and fire up using our action stream. We want to use a hot observable and we're going to go ahead and pass our initial action. So that's firing off our load so that um, um, that action is being dispatched. And then the other thing that we need to do here is we need to mock out the response from the customer service load. So just has a really nice uh, function called FN, um, and this allows us to go ahead and mock out our function here and just return our response. So our response, again, is a cold observable, which is going to uh, point to an array of customers. And then lastly, what we can do here is we can expect that our effects load uh, to match our snapshot of our expected, which is pointing again back to um, our cold observe, our cold observable of our completion, which is a load success with the customers. I know that's a mouthful and there's a lot of things going on there. But once you actually get the hang of this and you see that um, I can set up the action that I want to watch for, this is the action that I want it to end with, and then I just need to deal with my service and, and making sure that um, uh, the service methods mocked out and returns the response that I wanted. So in the previous one, you had to match snapshot just called with no parameters. And here you're calling it with expected. Uh, what's the difference there? Actually, I think that is a syntax error. I don't think uh, match snatch snapshot expected. No, that actually should not be there. That's a, a really good point. That is a, uh, I think when we initially wrote this, that, that we had this as a to be expected. And then we, we updated to match snapshot. And let's, let's take a look at the code over here for, for this. I think I just have an outdated slide on it. Um, you can count on Justin to point out your syntax errors. Sorry, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to point that out. I'm actually <laughs> curious because what I'm really curious about is like, what does that snapshot look like that has the cold observable? Oh, yeah, ab absolutely. Um, so you can see here, yeah, we updated it. And I think this is... Uh, Two match snapshot. Huh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I think it's actually matching to a course painting. Oh, this is saying it doesn't exist. Got it. So we haven't ran this. Um, so let's actually come over here and run the tests. So, oh. Wrong window. All right, so we've got some failures. Um, all right. So in here, I should see my, my snapshots. Is it? Well, let's do this. Let's do uh test customer just run that one and make sure so it failed gotcha it looks like this code got updated um basically this is uh what it does is it's, it's actually going to show the observable and the in the, uh, the the cold observable wrapping the uh, 
the action and then that has the, uh, the customers in it. And unfortunately that test is failing and I'll get that fixed and, and that way we can have a, an example. Um, we'll make this code available as well and I'll, I'll get that fixed today. And um, But basically it, it creates a, a rather large snapshot. So one of the other things that you can do is you can write a, um, uh, it's like a, a filter for it to limit what's actually being um, uh, produced. And so we can get it down to, we don't need to see the cold observable part. We just want to see that, hey, it does return this action. And we can go ahead and, and uh, uh, write that so that it, it uh, formats it in the, in the correct way. We can also use that to remove any additional extra spaces or any sort of formatting that we want. Cool. So. And then just refresh my memory on this. Uh, how do you get the first snapshot? Created. It automatically just creates it. So if you don't have a snapshot, it's going to create the file. It's going to create the folder. It's going to create the file, and it's going to go ahead and insert the snapshot directly for you. You don't have to do anything. Gotcha. So from here, the error path is a, another interesting one. So in our, our example for um, for our effects, we have two different. Um, two different possible outcomes here, right? And this actually should be outside of this pipe, right? Um, actually, I'll fix that later. Um, I have two different possible uh, ways of, of, of handling this, right? I've got my map, which is my success block, but I also have a, a fail block. So one of the other things that I want to do is be able to test the failure. So I can do that by uh, using the pound sign on my cold here for my response from my service. And that will go ahead and, and designate that an error has occurred. And then I can go ahead and test and make sure that the snapshot then is my error snapshot, that I end up with a, my completion as a load fail, and, and that I have some sort of error with it. So again, I don't have to maintain any of the snapshot. I don't have to do any of the setup for that. It's automatically going to go ahead and create that for me. I get that output. You know, the, the main thing that, that happens with this is when I go to do my commit, you know, I'm going to be adding those snapshots to that commit. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about the Marvel testing is how easy it is to um, generate that with a pound for the failure, right? The pipe for the complete. That's exactly. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's it, absolutely uh, a lifesaver of a library uh, in terms of being able to, to write tests uh, for these types of, you know, complicated, um, uh, you know, uh, effects and, and being able to do these. So, yeah, I, I really like it. it. makes life a lot easier. You know, I can also then change. And, and the other thing I like about uh, using marbles is being able to have the, the, uh, the time frames and using dashes and to be able to control when things do fire. So that if I do even have something that's a little bit more complicated and I need to have it fire, you know, have one observable, observable fire, you know, two frames after the first one fires, I can, I can do that very, very easily. So um, it definitely took a, a trip to the documentation to understand what all the different um, uh, syntaxes are for, you know, the different operations I could do. And then once, once uh, taking that trip, it was very, very simple to go ahead and, and start writing these tests and, and being able to control what time frames you know, uh, they're occurring in. I so. think an additional benefit of that too is I, I think it helps people also understand observables as well, like get a better grasp on them as they work through that with the marble diagram and, and how that flows and see it in action, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's a good point.
We had a show on that recently on Switch Maps. Yes, we did, right? That was great. That was great. Um, are you talking about the one at NGConf? Yeah, and then last You didn't week. watch Angular Air last week? Jesse. I did not get a chance to watch Angular Air last week. No, we've got to go watch it. We yeah. had Shy and Pete and. and oh, nice. Of course. And in all fairness, it was the second episode of the week. So there was two episodes that. Oh, week. that's a lot right. Of content. I don't know. You know, I don't expect you to fully watch it all right, right away. And there was yeah, like IO going on, and some of us were crying because they were missing these awesome episodes. It's fine. <laughs> So the other, the other one here that was mentioned earlier is being able to test components. And to me, this is really where, you know, just really, really shines. Because I don't know how I would quite do this. You know, I, I do. It's a very painful way. It was mentioned earlier about, you know, I'd go ahead and, and render my component, and then I need to have all these um, selectors to go ahead and, and try to select an element to verify that this thing was in this given state and, and rendered the way that I expected. And, and that's a lot of code and very difficult to maintain. Um, you know, when we go into a refactor, a lot of times that's the, the first code that would get commented out because it was just, it was very difficult to go back in and rewrite those and ve verify that, yes, it's rendering the way that we want. Now, in our case here, I've got a really nice example for our customer component. Um, I've got a, an array of customers. I just have one in there, but um, I'm going ahead and, um, you know, fairly standard on my, uh, and, I, and I remove some of this. This is actually using a, a pretty standard uh, um, CLI-generated type of test. But really, my main difference here is I'm going to go in on my component. I'm going to manually set my customers to it. And I'm going to go ahead and call uh, fixture detect changes so it allows it to, to uh, propagate. And then I expect my fi fixture to match the snapshot. And so that's going to, if we come over here, um, onto our snapshot, we get away from state, we look at our, our component. Um, so we've got our customer's component. So in here, it's pretty simple. We just got a UL and an LI here, um, and we're iterating over our, our group of customers, and we're printing out the, the ID and the name, right? So, so pretty simple. Um, nothing going on here on the component other than he has an input for customers. So on our test, um, actually, I, I went ahead and, and made this a little bit more robust. I've got multiple customers. Um, here's doing all the standard test bed um, operations for you know configuring everything. So this is all all uh, very standard. But here is the test that I'm showing you, where we're setting the customers, we're detecting the changes, and we're we're then uh, comparing on the snapshot. Now I can come over here and look at my snapshot and see what it rendered out. So I can see it rendered app customers. Uh, customers was set to an, uh, um, a function array. And then, hey, here's my, my, my UL, my LI. Here's my customer one test. You know, it uh, apparently has not been rerun with multiple customers. Um, so next time I run this, since I, I updated the customers um, in the test suite. That looks like React. It does, doesn't it? It does kind of look like a, a React template there. But that's, my, that's what was actually rendered. I can now take a look at this and compare and say, yep. You know, so the example they give is, you know, let's say if I had um, a whole bunch of links that were all pointing to Facebook and I want to update them now to Instagram. In the old way, I'd have to, you know, 
change all of my selectors to check and make sure that that I had a, a link, you know, or I got to get that link, you know, um, I might have to update the selector for that, but then I need to compare whether or not it says Facebook or if it's pointing to Instagram, I, all that goes away. I can just go ahead and, and compare and look and go, yeah, actually that looks exactly like what we're expecting it to render. And so I don't, I don't have to build all that stuff out. These are a, a lot easier to test, a lot easier to maintain. And when we do make changes to be able to update those snapshots uh, very, very quickly um, it is a really powerful piece for us. Okay, I got to pause really quick and ask another question here. Kind of right. digest this here, right? So, as this is cool, I've got you know I got the snapshot generates what it looks like. Then from there on out, it, it needs to match that. If I make code changes, it's not going to match that. I come in here and tweak this and, and get it matching right with expected results. But on that first run, when it grabs a snapshot at the very beginning, like is there no way to write a failed test to begin with? and then work your way to passing it? Like, isn't it just gonna pass right away in the very first time when it first generates that snapshot? Yeah, it's always gonna, yeah. So that's a really good question. That first time, it's really up to you to look at the snapshot that is generated and, and look at it and say, does this make sense? Did it generate what I thought it would generate? And if it does- It sounds perfect. I can just write my tests and just always make them pass. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, that's You're where, terrible, Austin. <laughs> it, it really does come down to now, instead of having to maintain it, what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at it. So as a reviewer, let's say if you, if you went in and you did a big refactor and then you just said, hey, update all the snapshots. I don't really care. I, of course, my code's perfect. That's going to show up in the code review. And I'm going to sit down and take a look at your snapshots and go like, oh, wow, these were all updated. That doesn't really make sense. What's going on here? Why is this happening? You know, um, so it's going to now be part of the review process where right now, you know, um, I, instead of uh, what I would be doing is I'd be looking at the changes to the tests themselves and making sure that those then make sense for what the code changes were. Right. So it's really just changing our focus. Now we're looking at what the output is, what we expect it to be. And does this make sense for what we're creating? But yeah, they will pass the first time every time. But then every single time you make a change, so let's say you're doing TDD, right? So what's going to happen is the first time you write the test, it's going to pass. But then when you when you go to the make the change, you know, add some changes to it, and you're going to visually fail it, right? That's the, I think the key here. You're going to look at it and visually go like, yeah, that doesn't actually do all the wonderful things I want it to do. So now I'm going to start adding some of the code in here to make that happen, and then you're going to rerun it, and it's going to fail the test. Then you're going to look at the snapshots and go, yep, that's looking right. Okay, let's go ahead and update the snapshot to that now. So on and so forth. And you would just go through that. So it is really, it is changing the paradigm of how you're writing tests. Okay, so that's making sense. I'm following that. That seems cool. So then if I make this coach and now my DOM rendered is like massive, right? How do I, is there an easy way for me to copy that and paste that into my snapshot, right? Is like this is the expected final rather than having to manually do that? Does that make sense? Yeah, so you would never do that. You, you never update the snapshots yourself. It's going to, you're going to rerun the test and it's going to generate the snapshot and compare it to what's in there, to, to what's already already been stored. So you, you, can, you render out this, you know, let's say you're rendering out your entire page with lots of different components. You're wanting to make sure everything happens the way that you want, right? 
So it's going to go ahead and render it out, create a snapshot, compare it to the, the one that's already been stored, and then it's going to give you a diff on those two. And then at that point, you're going to decide whether or not what you had before was correct, what you have now is correct, or if there's something in between that you know that, it, that that's actually right, and you need to make some adjustments. So if you if you decide that what you that the the new snapshot is correct for the changes that you've done, then you just say, hey, let's go ahead and update that snapshot, and it'll automatically update it for you. Hey, you just pass uh, update snapshot in the CLI config, Justin, and it will automatically rerun those and update your snapshots for you. Now, I think also in watch mode, I think it's a U to update snapshots. Yep. There's, a, there's an interactive. Um, I, I, I recommend, highly recommend not doing the, the U option, which is update all, because um, it's just then going to blindly, yep, boom, uh, pass them. You, you may choose to do that, but the, the, probably the more preferred method is to do the interactive, where we're going through uh, file by file and going, yep, let's update the snapshots. Yep, let's update the snapshots. Gotcha, gotcha. Cool. So yeah, but you should never be manually um, editing those yourself. That should you should just allow Jess to go ahead and handle that. I think I would just add update snapshots to every test run. That way, all my tests always pass. That's a <laughs> that's definitely one approach. Yes. Yep. So. What we've looked at so far, we're able to test our components. We're able to test our uh, effects, our reducers, our actions. Um, the uh, the great little jest photo there. Um, we talked a little bit about that earlier. Actually, I thought I had a slide. It didn't. Um, it's actually got uh, shortened quite a bit. Uh, when I was at ng-conf. So really the idea here that I want everyone to take away from, from just testing is this is a, a new way, a new spin on, on what we've already been doing. So we're, we're able to, to utilize a, uh, the, the same exact um, uh, types, you know, with describe and test. I can still write tests in the old way. I can say expect this uh, result to be, you know, this. Um, I'm, I'm not, you know, barred from doing that. So I can still leverage the speed advantages in the watch um, and uh, start to implement snapshots, but still leave um, the the uh, majority of my tests just as they were already written. Um, so I can, you know, easily get this integrated into my project and, um, you know, just start, start changing how I look at tests and, and all this data that I've been having to, uh, maintain. Um, I also really like the the, the ability to mock um, instead of maintaining my own um, my own version of mocks. You know that that uh, mock out my services and whatnot. Uh, the uh, the Jest uh, FN function is is really nice for being able to mock that out and being able to return uh, you know observable back. And I, I, there's nothing for me to really maintain there, right? It's really super clean. Um, I'm really just reducing a lot of the the day-to-day -day stuff um, that I'd have to maintain with tests when I when I go to refactor, and so hopefully you know from this presentation and looking at the examples that people will see that you know with a, a small tweak to how we're doing things with our testing we actually simplify our lives a lot, especially this component testing like. I think very few people do a lot of uh, really good component tests because they're just really difficult, and it takes a lot of time where. This, I can quickly render stuff out. I can pass it, you know, 
um, especially if we're writing presentation components, man, I can pass it in the inputs really, really quickly to it and, and have it uh, render out and I can make sure that it's doing exactly what I'm expecting. Okay, so it, this is pretty exciting and I, I can see the power of it, right? And I can see the excitement over that and the, and the power with component testing and stuff. Um, but I'm a little nervous about something before I jump into it. So I'm going to ask you a hard question, okay? Because okay. uh, I, I kind of need to, I'm, I'm trying, I'm thinking about this right now. So if I had this snapshot of my component, uh, the markup and the, the, the template that it renders, right? I think that that's really cool and I can see the power in that. But what if, uh, you know, I make changes to that component, say add a class to a div or something like that, that really isn't part of, my test that I'm specifically looking for, but is it going to fail my test because the snapshot's not going to match anymore? And then how do, how do I deal with that? Like, does that get in the way? Have you experienced that? Yeah, that's actually, so what's going to happen is you are going to fail your test. Your snapshot no, no longer matches. But what's nice is it's going to extrapolate away all the stuff that, that is the same. And it's going to just say, hey, look, here's the diff. You now have a div here that has a new class on it. And it's then up for you to decide whether or not that is correct now. So if my component, like the example you had that renders out a list of customers, right? And it also has a at the top of that list. And I change a style or, or something that has to do with that heading. But my test is really about, is it rendering these list of components, the list of customers that I gave it? Like the test is supposed to test for that, yet now it's failing because of something else. Um, is that a problem or do I need to reset my mindset of how I write my test for my component and be more thinking like, okay, I want to confirm that the component renders completely all the parts of the component if I give it this set of data? I think, yeah, definitely the latter. Um, it's changing how you look at your tests because ultimately what we want to know is that that our, our uh, components are deterministic, right? That if given a given state, that they should render out the same way every single time without question. And when that changes, we really just need to know like what changed, why? Was it something I did that, that's purposeful or did I accidentally make a big mistake? And now I've got uh, you know some other big problem going on. And so instead of having to dig in and go like, hey, did I, did I render out you know, three customers? I, I don't really care. Did it actually just render out perfectly though? Did it render out the, the, the same way, um, you know, based off the inputs that I gave it, did it render out the same exact way it did last time? Or do I have something now that has changed? So I think it's, it's really about changing how we view it, how we think about our tests, how we, um, you know, we, we get to simplify a little bit because now I don't have to go in and dig in and go, hey, make sure it rendered three customers. No, I can go visually look, it rendered all three, we're good. And now if anything changes, you know, now I need to go take a look at it and see why. Cool. So. All right, I feel a little better now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Excellent, absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a mind, uh, a mind shift, but what we find is, is that by, by making that small tweak in how we look at things, that we're able to maintain our tests faster, we're able to get through refactors a lot quicker, and, and we're, not, we're not losing code coverage. We're not having developers decide, look, I can't meet the deadline. I can't get through 200 tests, you know, in a day here to, to get this thing shipped on time. So we end up commenting tests out. We, we go, you know, a complete anti-pattern of, of doing things where by looking at snapshots and being able to, um, 
you know, view these and see, yep, that looks right. Yep, that looks right. Okay, great. Update, update, update. And now I can, you know, get through a list of 200 tests in a couple of hours versus a couple of, you know, could be days or weeks, right? Um, depending on the complexity of those tests. Cool. Very cool. So who's using Jest right now in projects? So we're using some and like not necessarily angular side of stuff, but um, yeah. Victor, did you say you were using some? Yep, yep, we're using it uh, in a couple of projects. At least uh, my team is using it in a couple of projects here at work. Uh, I, I love it. It's, it's awesome. Great. Anybody else using it right now, currently? I played around with it. Uh, basically, I had a bunch of like Karma and Jasmine tests, and I was like looking at converting them. But I had so many tests, and like there was such a big delta in making it work. It, ended up not being worth it. So uh, um, it was really cool, and, it, and I can say it is a lot faster. Nice. I, I've heard, and I, I, haven't, I uh, haven't looked into it yet, but I believe there's a utility for converting existing uh, tests over to Jest. So um, I'll actually do a little bit of research on that uh, this afternoon and pass on some links for that. And that, that might help some other people be able to make that decision. Because you know I think that's the number one thing that people look at when they they look to make a change is how can I do this quickly and easily and not have a, a huge pain point, right? So most tests should convert over pretty pretty easily, but in the ones that don't, we want to have a, a consistent way of doing that. And and I, I've heard there are some tools out there, so I'd like to be able to pass that on to people. Yeah, you know it'd be cool is to have an ng add support for Jest you know, for the Angular CLI 6 that would then handle the stuff that you showed, right, to convert those initial files, remove the Jasmine stuff, and, and get you initially set up with Jest in a CLI project. That'd be cool. All right. I'm going to challenge accepted. <laughs> I'll take a look at that and see what we can do to, to uh, create something for that to, to make it easier. So, um, and then also bring in some of the utility uh, yeah, I was just looking at Jess's website, and they actually have like a whole migration section, and they've got a tool that you can use called CodeMons. That'll, I don't think it converts it. I think it just like monkey patches it uh, from what it looks like. But either way, interesting. Yeah, great. Thanks for looking that up. And so then, uh, I guess one final question. Uh, so th then, you could you use this for your end-to-end -end tests as well? And stuff like that, because you mentioned with the JS DOM or whatever. Um, uh, no, because end to end is going to be your protractor. But typically, what I'm using end to end tests for are smoke tests. Basically, I'm doing um, really. I'm not looking at what the data is. I'm just making sure that all my connection points are working and that I'm I'm going through because I don't want to do a lot of magic data setup to get my end to end tests to work. And, and I really don't feel like end-to-end -end tests are the place to test and make sure that it renders correctly. Those should really be component tests. But they also run a lot faster as component tests versus end-to-end -end tests. Um, so I think you still keep our end-to-end -end tests using Protractor, and, and we go through and we smoke tests, and we make sure that, that um, we're, we're checking all of our integration points and making sure that that's all working. But, it, but um, I think component tests like this are super powerful, super fast to be able to run. And that's really where I should be 
you know, setting values, checking validators, does this validator show versus trying to do that in end to end tests that take, you know, there's a lot of setup time and a lot of magic data that gets people into problems later where it's a, it's a lot easier to do them in here, but yeah. Nice. Nice. All right. Any final just stuff? Before we well, I think that's it. I think I've covered uh, all of it. Do you guys have any other questions on it or? No? All right. Well, the great questions today. So, yeah. Going once, going twice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do some picks and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, who's got picks? I've got a pick. All right. Go for it. Okay. My I have pick, a pick. My pick, and I'm super excited for this because I'm going to New York City uh, next week and speaking uh, at the uh, New York City uh, meetup. And then right afterwards, my pick is the new Star Wars movie, Solo, is coming out on uh, Thursday. And so I'm super jazzed to Yay. go see that. And um, we were talking about getting Ward Bell a, a Star Wars t-shirt while we're there and um, sending that to him. So um, and I'm going to be out there with Joe Ean. I'm really excited to, to, to go to New York. and Aww, Give him a hug for me. Have fun. Me. That's going to be a blast. Um, <laughs> give him multiple hugs. Lots of hugs. <laughs> it sounds great. So are you going to catch that on IMAX or what? We're, I think we're going to catch it either IMAX or 3D. I'm, or, or, I'm not sure. Actually, Joe, you know, it's been years and I still haven't made up my mind about 3D. I don't know. Like, it's cool, but sometimes I'm like, is that really how I want to experience this movie first, like the first time? I don't it's I'm such a, like a because I'll like movies like this I'll go see like four or five times so I'm like the first one needs to be like perfect so have you decided if you're you're into 3D yet because I can't I'm like I think I think the 3D is the way to watch the first one so you just take in the total experience and then you go and maybe watch an IMAX or something normal after more of the all the little details out of it that you're you're probably gonna miss when you're seeing stuff fly past your head right <laughs> for sure. Awesome. I, I concur on that pick. <laughs> I like that as well. Bonnie? I am super excited because I met uh, Mr. James Henry in London at Angular Connection. I've been trying to get him to come on NG Houston for a very, very long time, and he's finally coming this week. And I'm uh, NG Houston because we finally have finally have James Henry from on Narwhal, uh, and he's going to talk about some TypeScript tricks. He's one cool dude. He is a cool dude. And I've been trying to get him and, and he's so busy and he's so in demand. And ever since <laughs> he started with Narwhal, he's been super, super busy. I mean, he and, did uh, move, he did move like across the ocean. So yeah. Oh, whose side are you on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm super excited to have him on the show. So awesome. Very cool. So is he Mr. James Henry? Cause <laughs> He's on Twitter. On Twitter, he is Mr. James Henry. Yeah. That's what, yeah, yeah. Mr. James Henry. If you want to follow him on Twitter, you're going to have to do the Mr. James Henry. All right. So I have a pick. I've been updating my Angular apps uh, to six. And uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of the update.angular.io site. Um, but you like say, I'm going from this version to this version. And then it like, gives you like, hey, make sure you change this thing out or do this. And I'm like, I love step-by-step. So <laughs> I've been loving update.angular.io if you're uh, interested in updating. So yeah. That's a good pick. <laughs> yes, it is. Very good. All right. Any other picks before we wrap it up? 
All right. That's it. Jesse, thanks a ton for coming on, sharing your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a blast. It's great to meet everybody. Yeah, it was awesome. All right. Let us know uh, when you want to talk about the next topic. Uh, we'll definitely was- have you on for another episode for sure. Sounds great. Thanks so much. All right, All right. everybody. Well, have a great rest of your day. Yeah, and, uh, enjoy we'll- your travels. Be safe. Right. Thanks. Bye. All right. See everyone next week. Later.